Welcome to another episode of Prettier. My name is Giovanna, and today I'll tell you the story of Andrew Carnegie. He lived in the 19th century and was a Scottish-American industrialist and philanthropist. The reason I got interested in him is because he was one of the first rich people to practice philanthropy. He was an immigrant who came to U.S. at the age of 13, but before coming to the U.S., Andrew's father had fallen on extremely tough times as a hamlet weaver. Making matters worse, the country was in starvation, and his mother, trying to support the family and assisting her brother, was selling potted meat at her Swedish shop, leaving her as the primary breadwinner, struggling to make ends meet. The Carnegies then decide to borrow money from his friend George Lauder and move to a legend in Pennsylvania. In 1848, Carnegie arrived with his family, but at that time Carnegie's father struggled to sell his product on his own, and eventually father and son both received job offers of the same Scottish-owned cotton mill. Andrew's first job was as a bobbin boy, changing spools and threads in a cotton mill 12 hours a day, six days a week. His starting wage was $1.20 per week, which is now $35. After some time, Andrew got a new job, where the payment was $2 per week. But he found exceedingly difficult to work there. He described that time of his life saying this, I have to run a small steam engine and to fire the boiler in the cellar of the bobbin factory, it was too much for me. I found myself night after night sitting up in bed trying the steam gouges, feeling at one time that the steam was too low and that the workers above would complain that they have no power enough, and at another time that the steam was too high and that the boiler might burn. In 1849, at the age of 14, he got a new job. We led to better opportunities for him. The job was as a telegraph messenger boy in the Pittsburgh office of the Ohio Telegraph Company. His salary starts at $2.50 per week. In this job, he will have the opportunity to memorize all the locations of Pittsburgh business and the faces of important men. He made many connections which in the future will help him. Carnegie's education was short, but free, and it was possible because another philanthropist called Adam Roland, who left 13,000 euros to several charitable projects, which make possible the free education of Andrew. That time of school gave Andrew the passion for reading. He was given post by Colonel James Anderson, who opened his personal library of 400 volumes to working boys each Saturday. Andrew was consistent borrower and self-made man in both his economic development and his intellectual and cultural development. Andrew always shows willingness for arduous work, which led him to many opportunities and at the age of 18 he got a job as a secretary telegraph operator at the salary of $4 per week. He continues growing at that job, and in December 1, 1859, Carnegie officially becomes superintendent of the Western Division. Carnegie then hired his 16-year-old brother, Tom, to be his personal secretary and telegraph operator. Not only Andrew hired his brother, but he also hired his cousin, Maria Hogan, 
who became the first female telegraph operator in the country. Since young, Andrew demonstrated a lot, a lot of effort to consider open doors for everyone, and he made a lot of efforts to share what he has from earlier, which we can consider a wonderful way to serve others and make them better people. Andrew has not only the amazing story of an entrepreneur, but he holds the idea and lives by the idea of equality in society, which at the very end is what makes this podcast interesting and worthy to listen. We all have these similarities as humans, and it's important to see that we can share and open doors for everyone. In many aspects, this can help in the darkness of life of many people. And after work in the railroads, Andrew learned a lot of, about management and cost control during these years, and especially from his boss, Thomas A. Scott, which also was his first mentor in the first investment that Andrew did in the industry of metal. Andrew was able to invest only because of the close relation that he has with Scott. And for this, he started to get in return by the end of his first investment, being able to receive a few shares in the Theodore Tudor Woodruff Sleeping Car Company. As a reward for holding shares that Woodruff had given to Scott and Thomas, as payoff, he reinvested his returns in such inside investment in railroads related to industries which were iron bridge and rails. The investment proved a success and source of profit for Woodruff and Carnegie. Andrew continued to work for Pennsylvania and introduced several improvements in the company of Tom Scott. In 1604, Carnegie was one of the earliest investors in the Columbia Oil Company in Vegano County, Pennsylvania. In one year, the firm yielded over one million of cash dividends in petroleum from oil wells on the property sold profitable. The demand for iron products such as an armor, gunboats, cannon, and shells, as well as hundreds of other industrial products made Pittsburgh a center of wartime production. Andrew worked with others in establishing a steel rolling mill and steel production, and he starts to control that industry, which becomes the source of his fortune. After the Civil War, he left the railroads and made his effort to trade iron and start his company. Andrew always dedicated his effort with the idea to benefit people. He wrote, I propose to make an income no greater than $50,000 per year. Beyond this, I need ever earn. Make no effort to increase my fortune but spend the surplus each year for benevolent purposes, which make to remember that simplicity is better and so much happy life, and that we can learn from all kinds of people and all times.
but the ones who found ways to share are always the most insightful storytellers. Thank you for listening Pretty, and don't forget to share to help everyone to have a pretty lens of life.